Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the podcast Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Nuanced Life. Today, we are commemorating uteruses. And I am psyched because women's health is one of my favorite topics. But before we dig into that... We want to invite you over to Pantsu Politics. We are in the middle of our summer series on how to be a citizen. And if you love the nuanced life here where we commemorate the messiness of being a human, we are really trying to bring that complexity and nuanced and really um, values-driven approach to citizenship over on this series on Pantsu Politics. So go check it out if you don't usually listen. Also, if you are just recognizing for the first time that you, as a Pantsuit Politics listener, are able to hear the nuanced life, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We have realized that we make so many things that it can get confusing for our listeners, and we are trying to do a better job making sure everybody knows about all the things that we make and all the places they can find us. So we really find for ourselves that making the nuanced life and Pantsuit Politics can't be separated because both so inform the way we see the topics we discuss on the other podcast. And we hope that all of our listeners will be in these shows with us. And we so appreciate the time and attention that you give us every week. So today, like I said, we're commemorating uteruses at every every stage in their journey. Let's put it that way. We're going to kick it off with Jackie. She says, I have endometriosis. This is a condition that has recently gotten more attention because celebrities like Juliana Hogue have come out and spoken about it. But honestly, up until the past few years, I didn't hear much of anything in regards to this debilitating thing I was living with. I had my first surgery for endo when I was a freshman in college. At that time, I felt like basically I had to come up with some kind of side story for why I was going to be missing work. Talking about the severe pain I would get around the same time every month made others uncomfortable. And after my first surgery, things seemed to get better for a little bit. But then my symptoms returned with a vengeance. It got so bad that I ended up in the emergency room a week before Christmas because I had passed out on my bathroom floor from the pain. The response I got from the doctors was, yeah, cramps can get pretty bad sometimes. Are you kidding me? On top of that, the only solution I offered was birth control, which I was not interested in because it does not cure endometriosis. It is simply a band-aid that sometimes makes things worse or narcotics. So for months, I was taking prescription narcotics that would knock me out just to get me through my period. I was miserable and feeling completely hopeless. I didn't feel like any of my doctors believed the pain I was in, or they did and they just didn't care to look beyond the catch-all fix of birth control. By the grace of God, I came across a doctor who uses what is called the Crichton model of charting to help diagnosis and treat my endo. I ended up getting a second surgery, and it turns out that one of my ovaries had attached to my uterus with scar tissues, which is what was causing the pain every month. Since then, 
I have been essentially pain-free during my periods. I take a Tylenol here and there, but that is a huge jump from narcotics. Jackie says, since I've gone through this experience and become more open about it, I have encountered so many women who have dealt with the same thing when it comes to their doctors. Women's health care is just a joke, especially when it comes to things like PCOS and endometriosis. A big reason I get so frustrated with this is that I feel that our healthcare system has settled on this idea that birth control fixes everything and they dish it out like candy. It rarely fixes the root cause of the problem a woman is facing, yet we have been fed this narrative that it is as good as it gets and we should just settle. I have also heard on multiple occasions that OBGYN doctors are not taught in depth the ins and outs of a woman's cycle, which yes, I know sounds crazy considering that is the main part of women's health. When it comes to tracking and charting, it is simply chalked up to the rhythm method of family planning, which has proven to be ineffective. There are so many different ways our cycles can be used to diagnose a real problem, and this is almost never used as a resource. Why go through the work when you can just take a pill or insert a rod that fixes the problem? I completely understand the thought process behind birth control. I understand why we as women think using it is the best way to not only plan our families but also manage systems. However, I think we are all settling for crap. How many women have you encountered that say their birth control has negative side effects? Depression, anxiety, mood swings, weight gain, and the list goes on. And yet we accept this because we don't think there are any other options. I also hate that many times when I bring this up, I am considered to be anti-woman. I consider myself a feminist. However, it seems that if you expect more for women than birth control, you are deemed out of touch and just want women to pop out babies. It breaks my heart that this can be such a dividing issue when in reality, we all want the same thing. I believe we deserve better. Here, here. Friends who are healthcare professionals, we love you. We are about to have a conversation that does not mean that we think every single person who works in the OBGYN field is doing a poor job, is ill-trained, is not thinking seriously about women and their problems. Okay? This is a conversation about the complexity of the decisions that face women and their healthcare professionals and the research gap around women's health issues. Mm -hmm. So I just, I know every time we touch a topic around the medical field, people get very angry with us. And I just want to say the intention here is not to talk about directing our anger at particular individuals within the system. And the second thing I want to say is birth control users. Nobody's mad at you either. We just want to talk about the options that are in front of you and whether those options are good enough to encompass all of the concerns that are vastly different bodies bring into healthcare settings. Okay, end fine print. Yeah, I think that's a very important precursor. I also just want to level set for you, for anyone out there who doesn't understand what endometriosis is. It is a disorder when the tissue that usually lines your uterus grows in other places in your body. And, I mean, some of the reports about women who end up getting surgery and where they find some of this tissue is truly horrific. It can cause enormous amounts of pain. And even as someone who is interested in women's health and who had friends who struggled with endometriosis, I agree. Like, the attention and the public information regarding it is still so slim. I didn't really even understand what was going on with endometriosis, honestly, until I um, followed Lena Dunham's journey because she is a celebrity who I really um, like and enjoy. And, you know, I just think that there is such a, a knowledge gap when it comes to this disorder. There is a huge problem with the way women's pain is treated 
um, inside the medical community that plays out not just in endometriosis, but in lots of ways. And look, I agree with Jackie. I've had multiple problems in my own health history that were approached with a fix-all of birth control, um, which I will never take again because I do suffer from some of those sort of less reported side effects. I have massive mood swings. It kills my sex drive. And just the, the hormonal approach does not work with my body. Listen, I can't even take ibuprofen. I am exquisitely sensitive to outside medication and birth control did not work for me. And that's, I think the problem is not that it doesn't work for everyone, but that it is so often presented as the only solution. So if you already know, hey, my body and birth control don't get along, my body and hormonal birth control don't get along, and you're looking for a solution to something outside of birth prevention, then you're really stuck and you feel kind of lost and you feel like, well, I guess this is a problem that does either doesn't have a solution or that nobody really want, wants to help me solve. Sometimes I think that if hormones are at all involved in any health issue, then we sort of shrug our shoulders mm -hmm. because it is so complex. And, and look, I think it is a miracle that our bodies work at all <laughs> under any circumstance. And so my intention here is, again, not to berate medical professionals. I just think we need so much more study and focus on how our hormones work. What are the ways to deal with those hormones? I think, again, this is another aspect of healthcare where the solutions might often not be the kind of solutions that can immediately be bottled and sold. And that limits the research focus that have gone into them. Mm -hmm. And... And I also think that there is an aspect of just this belief that women's bodies are not as important or as worthy of study as men's bodies, that our physical complexity is indicative of a lower sort of moral standing in the universe. Mm -hmm. And for all those reasons, it's really important to me that we put more time and attention and focus on women's health care. Here's the other thing I'll say, though, just to to make it very clear where I stand on birth control. I've been thinking about this so much because of all my work on fancy politics related to the Supreme Court. I don't think any of what we're saying in any way diminishes the access women should have to current birth control for whatever reason they want it. If mm -hmm. it helps regulate your period and you're happy with that, good on you. If you're taking it for contraceptive purposes, great. I think you ought to have every kind that your heart desires that could meet the needs of various women's bodies. I think that our capacity to consider whether we wish to reproduce people as it relates to contraception, is something that is part of our human consciousness. So I don't have any aspect of my own worldview that says we ought to limit access to what's out there. I just think we ought to have so much more information about what's out there and other options for lots of reasons in dealing with our own health. Well, and I just think it's even the perception that hormones and how you manage them is really just about whether or not you want to get pregnant, which is outrageous. <laughs> it affects so much more than that. And I think we're learning more and more in that because we are starting to bridge the gap in medical research as it pertains to women and men and women's bodies. 
You know, I really like the work of Alicia Vitti. I read her book, Women Code, several years ago. I like her app, and I like her just approach to hormones and the idea that, you know, it affects everything. It affects mental function. It affects um, your diet and nutrition and your energy levels, your, and of course, your sex drive and whether or not you're going to get pregnant. But there's just so much more to it, especially, you know, as you leave sort of your reproductive years and you go into perimenopause and menopause. I think that's another stage of life that women are sort of just left to recreate the wheel when it's co- completely unnecessary, sort of left to their own devices to try to sort this out. And there's not a lot of guidance either in our communities or in, you know, I think in my community and in areas of the country, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, the approach was just get a hysterectomy. You're having any problems? Cool. Just get a hysterectomy and then move on. I mean, the the sort of the statistics, especially from parts of the countries in the 70s and 80s are like bananas about how many women were getting hysterectomies at really young ages. And, you know, I just think it just deserves more attention. It just deserves so much more care and attention because it affects so many facets of our life. And it shouldn't be as hard as what Jackie is describing to ask those questions. It it shouldn't be so hard to get more information. You shouldn't have to go through so many doctors to find one who will meet you where you are in your priorities about your own health care. And, and that's just a tough thing. And I know that there are considerations on the doctor end of insurance and litigation um, and just PR concerns about reputational damage. There are lots of things that make this a hard equation for doctors, too. And that's why, you know, my focus and emphasis is really on medical research and hoping that we do more. The other thing I want to say is we're having this whole conversation um, in the context of women's health care. And the fact that we don't have enough research to do women's health care well means to me that we are not even close to adequately meeting the needs and concerns of our transgendered friends and family members, because hormonal issues affect that population in such significant ways that I think we're only beginning to even have language to describe, let alone to be able to treat in a holistic, thoughtful way. And so we, we just, we have focused on certain aspects of our body in ways that produce miraculous results. I just want that same kind of energy around our hormones. Well, and, you know, when you talk about the management of women's symptoms, when you talk about the perception of women's pain, if you layer any aspect of race or ethnicity right. on top of that, then the statistics just bottom out and it is a tragedy. It is a tragedy and it is unacceptable. And again, it's just now beginning to get the attention it deserves. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
also heard from Lisa, who's someone we've had the pleasure of spending quite a bit of time with over the years and just really enjoy. And I, it makes it even more special. I would love this commemoration even if it weren't from Lisa, but it's even more special than it is. Lisa says, I had a commemoration party for my hysterectomy. I called it my Bye Felicia party and asked my girlfriends to join me in saying goodbye to all those things that weighed them down. In the midst of our current collective grief, a group of about 20 women joined with me virtually as I bid adieu to my uteru. We said bye to our comfort zones, our silence, our trash, life's accumulations, broken jewelry, clothes that no longer fit our bodies or our lives, overthinking, old boyfriends, clothes, other people's expectations, long to-do lists, our 20s, anger, social media, toxic jobs, our own unrealized and or unrealistic expectation, diapers, hair dye, youthful bodies, a uterus, and a pair of ovaries. To symbolize the departure of our various Felicias, we each tossed a hostess snowball because it was the closest thing that we could get that looked like an ovary in a paper bag and then celebrated by singing Kesha's Woman. It was fierce and wonderful, and I wish you could have been there. Me too, Lisa. (laughs) We wish we could have been there as well. Word. (laughs) Why didn't we get an invitation? I love this idea. I love the idea that you celebrate what you're saying goodbye to. We need more of that in life. We definitely need to make space for people who need to get rid of those uteruses, causing them so many problems and just everything. I love the idea that like, let's just get, let's all get together once a year with our girlfriends and say, what do we need to say goodbye to? Let's celebrate and say bye, Felicia. I love it so much. It's brilliant. And I would be happy to have men and, you know, involved in those parties too, because honestly, if the men of the world could get together and say goodbye to things, we'd just be in a much better position. It, that would be world-changing. Beth, what would you say goodbye to if you were having a Bob Felicia party? Oh, that is such a good question. I think I would say goodbye to all of the hang-ups I have had about money in my life. I would say goodbye to hair dye as well. I'm totally mm-hmm. finished with that. I would say goodbye to apologizing for my own need to be alone. I would say goodbye to shaking other people's hands because I'm not going back to that, even when we're allowed to do it again. I would probably say goodbye as much as I can. I don't know that I'm all the way healthy enough to do this yet, but I hope that I could say goodbye to feeling like I need to be productive every moment of the day. Mm-hmm. What about you? I need to say goodbye to should. I should all over myself. I'm a shudder. Feels like a confession. But there are days that I wake up in the morning and the first conscious thought I have is, well, I should do this. I need to do this. This is the next thing I need to work on. Just that drive to constantly be improving. Um And not just from a sort of productivity hack kind of way, but, you know, shitting all over my parenting, shitting all over my relationships. So I really need to say goodbye to, I would like, I would, if we were throwing a party, I would try desperately to say goodbye to should. I would like to say goodbye to, I don't know how to phrase this. It's not really calorie counting. But sort of the constant assessing of how my day's eating adds up the 
well, this was a this was good or this was a bad food and I ate too much of it or this is a good food and I need to eat more of it. I've gotten much better at that, but I'd like to say goodbye to that forever. I'd like to say goodbye to shaving my legs. Oh, that's forever. a really good one. Yeah, it's just, what am I doing? Let's have that party. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? There are a few things that I've said goodbye to a while ago, but that I still feel like I'm celebrating. I say goodbye to swimsuits. I think we talked about that on the podcast before. Um, I wear swim leggings and rash guards, and every summer I feel more fully confirmed in that choice. <laughs> um, because truly, it wasn't just that I was saying goodbye to the constant obsession of sunscreen, but that I was really saying goodbye to bikini waxes. Because no, just no. And I also, I said goodbye to hair dryers probably. Um, I don't really use hair dryers. That's a that's a product that I spent a lot of time with in high school and college, and I was ready to say goodbye to and don't miss. I think that's it. I don't know. I feel like uh, I don't know if any of those are deserving of Kesha's woman. I feel like I need a like a bigger, better one. But maybe Lisa would tell me that that's not the point of the Bye Felicia party. I would tell you that together that's a and unload things. <laughs> yeah, I'm shooting there. See, do you see me? You hear me? <laughs> Told you I was a shooter. I should. Look, singularly, the decision not to shave your legs anymore is deserving of Kesha's woman. Come on. Mm, probably, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. All of this together are a very big deal. I love this idea. And here's the other thing as we're talking about it. What an invitation to increase the list of things you would like to say goodbye to. Because I can imagine mm-hmm. getting together with friends and doing this and hearing 15 other things that it gives me permission to unload. And be like, yeah, I want to say goodbye to that too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know a good one that I said goodbye to? Women's magazines. I stopped reading those in my 20s and never looked back. Like, I'll read parenting magazines every once in a while, but like a fashion magazine? No. Pass. I don't read those anymore. I don't read those anymore either. I loved reading, like, Cosmopolitan and stuff in college. No. It's not good for me. No. No. You you feel immediately inferior the second you crack one open. Correct. Inferior on so many levels. It's not just the body image part, which is a huge part of it. But it's also like, well, my sex drive is not good enough or um, I don't have enough friends or my social media game isn't strong enough or what. It's just too much. It's exhausting. I will never forget in college sitting in with like one of the, you know, YM or 17 or something. Or maybe it was in style. Maybe it was like a more grown up fashion magazine. And I don't know if I was reading aloud or what, but the text was this season Fresh, dewy skin is in fashion. <laughs> and my friend said, my friend said, what? Because last season, acne was the number one trend everybody was replicating. Like, and just in, I just remember that moment so vividly because it really exposed the, like, ridiculousness of this cycle. Not that I, you know, I do subscribe to sort of the speech in of the Devil Wears Prada, and I think there is um, validity to um, high fashion and fashion trends as they speak to societal, you know, values or issues or anxieties. But the idea that, oh, now all of a sudden fresh, dewy skin is the hot thing to have was pretty funny. Another thing that I love about this is that it is a rare opportunity for 
women together with each other that is not centered on their relationships with men and family. Mm-hmm. You know, because most of the context where you might have anything approaching this level of conversation and you don't typically get there in my experience, it is bridal shower, bachelorette party, uh, baby shower, you know, even divorce party, like, which I think all of those things are valuable, but to have a party like this where it is just about you and what you want in your own life without it centering those other roles, we need a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would mm-hmm. go for an annual by Felicia party. I would also go for an annual hello party. Like, these are the things that I'm... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to make time in my life and space for these things that are important to me, even though zero things reward me for that. Yeah, because that's just, it's it's an orientation you constantly have to be plugging into. That time is finite. And so if you want to make space and energy for things, you usually have to say goodbye to other things. Like, there's a part of me that would really, even though there's... There are parts of it I really love. I am spending way too much of my time on energy on not just social media to an extent, but like group texts and Marco Polos and Voxers. And like, I love them. And there are people I can't, like, I don't communicate or connect with in any other way. And also, man, they are taking up so much of my time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That problem is so difficult to solve um, in every way. I have put more time into those things this year because I have wanted to say hello to more time invested in friendship. And at the same time, I think you're right. Like it weighs everybody down because yes. you just you are not sure what the rules are on how responsive to be. I so value and just love communicating on Marco Polo with a friend. She lives in the state of Washington. We are not going to see each other for a long time, I'm certain. And we just have this very clear understanding of like, sometimes in a day, we'll go several Marco Polos deep. And then it might be two weeks or a month before we do it again. And that, that level of softness around expectation makes me feel closer to this person than just about anything else could, you know? Um, And I think we all are working on that, you know, just how do I have that softness of expectation that I love this time and also nobody is obligated to put this time in when it's not the right time for them. Mm -hmm. All of this makes me really excited for next year when I turn 40. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm pumped about 40. I'm going to live my best life in my 40s. I am convinced of it. I feel ready for my 40s, and I especially feel an even greater commitment to radical transparency about my uterus with my children, with our audience, 
with everyone else because I think the more we bring light to these things, the more other women are enabled to live their best lives in their 20s and 30s. The kind of freedom that I feel going into my 40s, I probably could have had 20 years ago if we did a better job commemorating our uteruses. So, hey, you know what? That would be a really fun way to celebrate your 40s is to like the last night of 39 have a bye Felicia party and the first day of 40 have like a good a hello to 40 brunch or something. I dig that. That would be fun. I don't know what the rules are going to be in terms of physical gatherings when I turn 40, but I will find a way to make those two things happen. Just mark your calendar March 3rd and 4th. I will need you to attend those events, Sarah. I'm there. So thank you, Jackie and Lisa, for sharing your stories with us. And to all of you for continuing to share your hearts and lives with us. We will be back on Pantsy Politics on Friday and here on The Nuanced Life on Wednesday. Until then, keep you on strong. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener supported. Go to patreon.com slash the nuance life. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.